We could all kick ourselves for not buying shares in Facebook or Apple way back when. Or for not realizing just how much the derelict housing in the slums of 1980s New York would be worth today. But without a DeLorean and a flux capacitor, these and countless get-rich-quick moments are forever resigned to history. But what if I told you there is a company that has found a way to maximize its profits by time-traveling into the future? Or to be more accurate, into futures. Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Hello. Hello. Okay, Heidi, I have just arrived in this moment from the future. So I know that you're about to tell the audience who this time-traveling company is. I read a fascinating article about Southwest Airlines. Okay. And if we're putting companies on the therapist couch, I would say that Southwest Airlines gets big points for doing well in self-analysis. Ooh, so what have they been up to? Turns out they have a team down in Dallas of four traders who transact in oil derivatives. Right. Why is that interesting? It's interesting because they did a bit of self-analysis and discovered that a really big piece of their unpredictability and their risk is down to fuel prices. So how can we not be passive, but be active in deciding how much we're going to need to pay for fuel prices? If you have the capability of storing it, why would you not buy it at the best possible price? When it drops, you're there, you buy it, you store it, and then you use Uh. it. Or you lock in your purchase price through the timing of the contract. Yeah, which would be the derivative. I was going to say, because as a creative person, I'm terrible with money. If I was good with money, I wouldn't be a video editor. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, so is this is this how it works then with with the traders? That they're sort of speculating on the industry, see when it dips, takes a chance, buys it at that price. Pretty much, what you usually do is you buy futures. You're buying something based on in a month. I am willing to pay X per gallon. Okay. And the same with oil. Brent crude right now is close to $100 a barrel or $90 a barrel. That's not for a barrel today. That's for a barrel in the future. Ah. If I secure it at a certain price and it drops even lower, tough. You, you're yeah. going to pay the price you paid. Yeah. 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 And Southwest has not always been successful with this strategy. Over the mid-range, they've been highly successful. Right now, they are paying about 30% less per gallon of jet fuel. Wow. Which Over an airline is consider- <laughs> colossal. That's a amount significant of- amount <laughs> of money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. It's no different than looking at the exchange rate. Right. Most global companies will play the exchange rate. I'm going to hold my euro until it's valuable enough to exchange it into dollars. Otherwise, I'll just leave it there. Right. Right now, you don't want to change your euro into dollars. You want to change your dollars into euro because it's close to parity at this point. So how is this applicable to your clients? How would you apply this? philosophy to to smaller modest businesses well let's go back to the therapist couch analysis kind of idea and let's ask you about your business which 
aspects of your business are most high risk to cause you problems. It might be that sound editors are the most valuable resources and they are impossible to find. Okay. And yeah. so you find someone who is an excellent sound editor and you keep them on a retainer so that you pay them every month $500. Some months you might not use them, but when you have big clients and your business surges, you've got them on the bench. I like that. Or to block book them in advance. Yeah. So they know that as a freelancer, as an independent contractor, they right. know that they've got a month booked out in 2023 exactly. already. Yeah. So they're quids in. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. I like that. And it's the analysis question of what are the biggest risks in your field? I worked with an advertising agency here in New York, and their biggest risk problem was copywriters. They could not keep junior copywriters. Okay. And I said to them, okay, let's create an apprenticeship program. Not interns, Brilliant. apprentices, shorter period of time, much more rudimentary than a European program, but nonetheless. Yeah. And it created a pipeline of constant talent across that copywriting field so that they like weren't it. wasting the money trying to hire new ones when their business surged. They knew that yeah. that was their Achilles heel. See, and what you're explaining really is part of that whole thinking ahead process. That's something that traditionally people in my business have been quite bad at simply because it's always at the 11th hour that that client says, we're good to go. We're green lit. Yeah. But, you know, if you've been doing it long enough, we know where the cycles of work happen. And that idea of making a preemptive strike on securing the talent you need yeah. yeah, isn't a big stretch, is it? Well, think about the small gig economy and the Uber driver in your town. Yeah. The Uber driver is going to try to get the best price for fuel because their rate is based on what fuel was a month ago. There's no fuel surcharge yet. Right. They could put one on. So they're not going to want to pay $5 a gallon if they can find it for four fifty a gallon. Yeah. So yeah. they have to be very strategic about their business, and their business is fuel and time. Mm. That's the two constants that they have. Thinking about the sort of businesses that you work for, and also let's think of a nonprofit. How could this sort of scenario benefit one of your nonprofits? I like to teach through stories. People learn through stories. And I might give this story to the nonprofit to look at and ask them, so Southwest Airlines defined as their biggest uncontrollable risk, fuel costs. What are yours? Right. Go back to the basic question. Yeah. And that might be their cash flow on donations, which you see this if you watch PBS asking for donations from people. They want ongoing sponsorship and not one-time donations. So if yep. you're a nonprofit and you're concerned about that cash flow question, then what do you have to motivate people to be ongoing donors? What is the model that you choose to connect with people on that ongoing donation basis? And that might be communications, that might be outreach, that might be programming around what you do. 
could so. be real estate. Ooh. As rents and everything else is going up, nonprofits hardly ever own their own physical location. Right. So what is that going to do if their rent or their lease keeps going up? And How are they going to control that? One is you sign a longer lease hoping to get a better value. And something that Brent brings up there, which I was going to touch on with the example talking about the creative agencies, think about your contract models, which seems like the most boring pinheaded thing ever. When it comes to subcontracting, we're a big fan of keeping good talent on retainer to give them a level of consistency and to reduce that onboarding, offloading, all of the insanity that goes with that. It's the same thing with get a longer term contract for your building. Your contract models, if you purchase them or buy into them at the right place, can offer you stability. Yeah, one of the things we do at Orgology is every software, and we use a lot of different software, we do annual subscriptions. We don't pay monthly. Yeah. Because you get a discount if you pay for a year of Google or a year of Absolutely. all of our softwares. So it's it's looking at where can you squeeze a little more value out of something sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the property things a great example. You could say we can't afford a property on our own, but if we get together with another nonprofit, we could buy this shared space. We're actually going to make money long yep. term. Exactly. It's not going to cost us money. No one likes to think about contracts. They're an incredibly boring thing, but you can pull some interesting stuff out of them. Yeah. So if you're listening, go and have a look at your spreadsheet because your spreadsheet's going to tell you exactly what you now need to go and secure by ahead. If it adds value and consistency, do it. I like that. Yes, I'm leaving this podcast invigorated and informed thank you uh what do we what informative invigorating story do we have next week heidi where from here well uh as always i'm intrigued and i can't wait thank you brent and heidi so much talk to you next week talk next week see you next week